All right, we're back. Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracing. And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the event that took place in football last week, the uh, the NFL Combine. Yeah, that took place. Yeah, um, I know nothing about the Combine. Um, I mean, I know it's like a physical assessment for players who are going to the draft and... Um, you gotta showcase your skills. It's like the American Idol of the NFL. Um, not really, but like I don't really, I don't know what scouts look at. Um, you showed me a thing called a spider chart. I didn't know what it was there for. So uh, this is gonna be a very Corwin-dominated episode. Yay! I still have strep throat, but I'm on drugs now. So it doesn't hurt when I talk. So I can talk this episode. Only I'll do my pee. best. Only yeah. when I pee. Yeah. Oh, that's for other reasons. Yeah. yeah. There's no cure for that one. Um, anyway, the NFL Combine, it's one of the highlights of my year because I'm a loser. But basically, it's uh, roughly 300, 350 players um, who are declared for the NFL draft, invited by the NFL to come to this week-long basically exhibition for themselves um the big thing is coming in and doing medical checks height weight uh team interviews and then what everyone sees is the um, on-field testing whether it's the 40-yard dash the three-cone drill uh quarterbacks have passing wide receivers will do you know, catching drills, D-line will do their own drills, and everybody gets to showcase what they can offer NFL teams. Um, only NFL teams are allowed to actually be in Indianapolis where they host it. Um, it's not open to the media. It's not open to the public. Um, basically, the only insight that, you know, you or I could get into it is the NFL broadcast, which means we basically only get to watch the quarterbacks throw the ball and people run the 40-yard dash because that's all people seem to care about. You have a question? <laughs> <laughs> See, now I've done it to you after you've done it to me so many times. The, uh, um, uh. Yeah, so what does it offer teams that they aren't getting from, from actual game tape with these kids in college? Um, well, basically it... Specifically, the big thing for them is the interviews, being able to actually sit these guys down and talk to them, uh, ask them whatever questions they need answers. Um, they tend to get a little weird with it. Every year there's some player that comes out and was like, yeah, they kept asking me like if I'm gay or like if I'm okay with like people being gay or like they asked me if I cheat on my girlfriend how i would cheat on my girlfriend stuff like that so teams can get real weird with it well, but we already had that thing for reference to this uh, thursday march 7th um or that kyler murray thing with that uh yeah. i know that wasn't a weird question like i asked him more of a rather racist evaluation but yeah i mean we're already experiencing that kind of shit aren't we yeah kyler murray specifically has been notably a very bad interviewer um, but we've kind of seen that from the different interviews he's done publicly in the past. Um, but on the physical side, basically, it's, I don't know how to say this, uh, I'm thinking of the word, but it's very, 
um, it's standard testing. Like it's laser timed. Everything is standard for every player. So you know exactly how fast they would did it. Um, you could see them do specific things that they might not had to have done in games. Um, basically, you know, if you have a wide receiver who only ever ran like one or two routes in college, you're going to have him try a t- whole bunch of different things to basically see, all right, physically, can he do everything we need him to ask? Where does he excel against all these other players? Where does he fall behind? And that's how teams look at it. Um, but, I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, there's players that do extremely well at the combine and just show off and don't end up being good football players because they're just athletic and don't really know how to play football too good. So, so I mean, what um, what are some of the events that you put the most stock in then? Um, the 40-yard dash is kind of the thing everybody talks about. Um, it's important, but it's not the end-all be-all, um, for skill position players, the three cone drill and the 20 yard shuffle kind of show, uh, agility, um, vertical leap tests, explosiveness. Um, there's a lot of O-line drills that test, um, kind of lateral agility, um, basically there's one that is one guy running back and forth along a straight line, like constantly changing direction, and the O-line has to mirror him. It's called the mirror drill, whatever they call it there. That one's big for me is when looking at offensive linemen. Um, There's just a whole bunch of things that depends on what you are playing, like what you're intending to do in the NFL. But if you want a specific answer, the three-cone drill is the big one. All right, so give me some some uh, some highlights. What was important from this? Uh, DK Metcalf is essentially a god. Um, he so DK Metcalf weighed in at two hundred and thirty three pounds at six foot four as a wide receiver. Supposedly had a one point six percent body fat, which is not physically possible. But that's what the NFL says, so it must be true. Um, basically was in the top 90 percentile for every single drill except for the three-cone and 20-yard shuttle, uh, shuttle, which were huge red flags. Um, but actually, I was able to see the actual tape of when he did it, um, and he lost his footing twice on the three-cone drill. So it's kind of hard to ta- like hold that against him. Um, but basically he comps to Calvin Johnson, Megatron, um, when it comes to his combine performance, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, uh, Kyler Murray came in and just to go back to Metcalf, like this is a guy I haven't heard anything about before the combine. Would that not also be something of a flag? Um, I mean, I've literally never heard of this dude before so he showed up. his big red flag uh, outside of the poor three-cone time, which is, in my mind, excusable for how it actually went down, was that he didn't put up a ton of production at Ole Miss. Um, granted, he was teammates with another you know, projected first-round pick at wide receiver, A.J. Brown, depending on how you rank him. 
personally don't have him that high, but he didn't produce the way you would expect that kind of player to produce. Um, he really wasn't asked to run a whole lot of routes. Um, we're not really sure exactly how well of a route runner he can be. And those are his red flags. Um, so even even if the normal household hasn't heard of the name DK Metcalf before this week, uh, scouts definitely have. They've held him in very high regard uh, this entire season. Um, basically since, you know, September, October, they've kind of seen that this guy could be a big thing in the NFL. And he was injured, kind of shortened his season, but the end of the day you know i don't know how to finish this sentence i've just kind of been talking yeah i i noticed it all fell apart there uh, yeah, at the no. end. all right so moving on to kyler murray yeah um he did nothing other than weigh in had his height checked and then did all the off-field stuff so like interviews medical checks stuff like that um he measured at five foot ten and a half 200 and like two 205 pounds um which were kind of the two benchmarks that people were really really scared that he wouldn't meet because he does not look like he's capable of reaching either um i read a conspiracy theory can i share it with you yes um the conspiracy theory was that uh, any short quarterbacks before they go to the combine to get like officially weighed in and shit We'll go take, um, go spend time on an inversion table to, you know, relax your spinal column. Um, and the thing about inversion tables is that this is actually, this is true. You will get taller after you use an inversion table. Um, so I was, I read that basically any quarterback who is known for being short and relatively afraid of measuring in short at the combine, including Kyler Murray, uses an inversion table right before the measurement. So that they can get an extra inch and a half, two inches. And I kind of want to believe it because I've seen him next to people who are 5'10", and I don't believe he's 5'10". You know what? I think I would be surprised if he didn't do that. Yeah, I, mean, I really would be surprised if he didn't. The thing I was reading it and said, like, it, it's a well-known thing that, like, every relatively short quarterback trying to go off to the draft will do. So it's he's like, it's not even like I'm saying it's Murray specifically. He's saying, like, I think anyone who's small will do this. That's how you end up with dudes... Who have like really bizarre looking NFL mm-hmm. official heights? Um, I really want to believe this is true. So, do you know Andrew Hawkins? No. He was a very small wide receiver out of some no name school, I think. Played, you know, several seasons for the Browns. Um, I think he was a Pro Bowl returner for. Oh, a then I know who this is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that he, he wasn't invited to the combine. So the only measurements that he was able to get for NFL teams was at his pro day, which is basically a smaller version of the combine that individual schools will hold after the combine. He said that he got modeling clay from Michaels before his pro day that matched his skin color, molded it to the bottom of his heels, and then taped up his feet so no one could see, and it gave him an extra inch and a half on his height. And then he put 20-pound weights in his pockets when he got on the scale to move him from 5'6 to 5'8 and from, like, 160 to, like, 185 or whatever it was. That's fucking hilarious. It, it got him to the NFL. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. 
but like quarterbacks get hand massages for like weeks leading up to the oh, to make their hands bigger to make their hands bigger oh, okay. and look better to teams so there's no doubt in my mind that Kyler Murray was pulling these tricks to get himself beat. Oh, yeah, and I was also reading, you know, like pound down an enormous meal beforehand mm-hmm. so you weigh more, you he, know. Like he's, even if he does weigh 205 at the combine, that's not his playing weight. And he's no. not going to be playing at that weight in the NFL. And that's like, his height doesn't bother me. It's his weight. Because he can't take a hit from 300 pound Quinn and Williams. And survive the way a guy like Cam Newton can. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both running quarterbacks, but one of them is built to take a hit a little bit better than the other. Yeah, I mean, he could surprise. He could be like a Baker Mayfield kind of dude. But uh, I, I mean, I don't hold. I don't know anything though. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I even know anything. I don't know fucking. Fair enough. This is why Fair I like enough. baseball. <laughs> Some fat sack of shit like Williams Astadio can come up there. And just knock dingers all day, and you can't say he's too small, cause he does it, you know. Mookie's a fucking midget. Look at him out there. Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve's barely alive. <laughs> yeah, and he does it. What a tangent this has become. I swear baseball's the best. Anyway, uh, continue. I watched, I watched the Yankees game yesterday and today. What have I become? What have you turned it, me into? I didn't watch the one today because I couldn't find it legally, and I didn't feel like trying to find it illegally while I was at work. Do you have Comcast? I do. No, I was on Comcast. It didn't start until... Oh, because uh, Philly lo- uh, was probably the local broadcast, right? Um. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I would have gotten it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> really, I just didn't put enough effort in. But yeah, so uh, any other notes on Kyler Murray? Uh, no, because he didn't do any of the drills. All right, cool. He was there. On. He was in all of the QB groupings, and we saw him on the field. It was just him standing around in a sweatshirt, <laughs> just like like in the huddles. Cheering on his friends. Yeah, like in the huddles getting yeah. instructions, but like standing in the back behind everybody with just his hair poking out between the shoulders. All right, so who's next on your list? Uh, let's see. Let's scroll through here. Um, I've got a big loser from the combine, Elijah Holyfield. That's a hell of a name. Jesus. You might know his father, Evander Holyfield. I don't. Um, he was the guy who Mike Tyson bit their ear off. Oh, that guy. Yes. Oh. Yes. This is his son. Wow. So this sounds like the pre the beginning to a an or this is an origin story right here. Yeah, it is an origin story. Yeah. Um, not a good one. This right. is like a villain origin story. So he was coming in highly touted uh, for several scouts in the media. He was a top five running back in this class. Um, he's you know he's a power back. You know he's a bruiser. All that. Not expected to run a fast forty time. And for running backs, you want to see something in like the low five fives. You want to be basically. Faster than a four five five is the bar that you have to leap to be, you know, a significantly accurate uh, to be a significantly athletic enough running back to be seen as you know successful for the NFL. Um, he comes in and runs a four seven eight, which is something that defensive linemen ran faster than in this combine. So he is. He has not had a great weekend or a great week. Um, that's rough for him. Really going to plummet his draft stock. Um, 
some defensive linemen had some fantastic week weeks jesus christ even when i'm sick i can't talk especially when i'm sick i'm done i was gonna say why would you be talking better when you're sick but we're just gonna move on um montez sweat defensive wait uh, what's his last name sweat his his last name is sweat yeah i hope he makes it to the nfl just for the headlines just for the fucking shitty quotes we put our blood sweat and tears out there he's a real grinder he's always sweating in the gym I mean, this this is just lending itself. His fucking trademark could be sweat marks or some shit like that. Like, this is just lending itself to fucking meme gold. Continue, though. Well, Elijah Holyfield. Stop ran. sighing into the mic. Hate <sighs> you so much. Elijah Holyfield weighed in at a roughly 230, I believe, and ran a 478. Montez Sweat at defensive end. Weighed in at 260 and ran a 441. Damn. He is a monster. Um, he was already considered a top 15 pick coming into the combine. The numbers he put up basically solidified him as a top 10 pick. Um, the guy just lit it up, showed off everything you wanted to see from him, and had a great time. Uh, Quinton Williams showed off his speed and agility and all the drills. Um, definitely is one of the top two guys in this class for sure. Brian Burns showed off the athleticism while bumping up his weight to roughly 250. Um, I have him as my uh, number two edge rusher in this class behind Nick Bosa. Um, let's see. Ja'Kai Polite said that they... Hold on, I lost it. Ja'Kai Polite said that teams were asking him if he was interested in football and they bashed him the whole time and gave him a bunch of shit. And he was very open about it in the media interviews. Um, And the media did not take too kindly to that, even though he admitted that that's literally the NFL team's jobs is to bash him with questions and see how he responds and can handle that pressure. They are dumping on him pretty hard and saying that he's one of the big losers of the combine. I have no reason to believe that in any way. I just don't understand why people would be bashing a guy for being open about questions that teams asked him. Also, I don't think that's a fair comparison to say, like, you got to get used to the pressure of being asked questions to be able to, what, handle the pressure of an NFL game? I mean, we're talking about physical pressure versus mental pressure. And look, if you're a team, you can give a guy... Media coaching, every team gives every player media coaching regardless. I mean, like, that doesn't seem fair at all to be shitting on a guy for not handling question pressure well. If you're trying to run a football team that hand, that's more, more concerned with the physical acumen. I mean, there's always going to be guys that can't handle the pressure as well as others, but at the same time, why are you bashing a guy for being honest about what teams asked him? It's not like he was... Like, yo, fuck these teams for saying this shit about me and, you know, fuck this, fuck that. Like, I don't deserve this shit, whatever. He was just like, yeah, no, like, these were the questions that they asked me and, you know, I get why they were doing it. You know, I understand, you know, let's just move on and put what we can on the field this week and have a good time. Whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Do you have any other questions regarding the combine? I mean... 
So I, I know that you mentioned the one guy who was looked at it as like being a top fifteen pick, moved up to yeah. probably solidifying himself as a top ten pick. Um, anyone? Do you think this changes any individual teams' perspectives on who they might draft? I know the the, the big hot button thing has been the now that Kyler Murray measured in and weighed in at what he did. The Cardinals are now going to trade Josh Rosen and draft him. Um, leaving that aside, though, because I don't like that take at all, and I don't think it's worth talking about until Rosen gets traded. Um, do you see any like specific teams possibly being more interested in specific players? I see the Patriots being a lot more interested in one of the two Iowa tight ends, <laughs> Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson. Uh, both of them tested very well. Um, athletically showed that they can be um, they showed that they can both be you know agile if you will for a tight end pass catchers um, I, it's hard to say you know it's hard to say what teams value in each of these prospects I mean you know if Al Davis was still at the Raiders DK Metcalf running the way he did, there would be no doubt that that he would be going to Oakland, um, yeah. which would be hilarious if he still did. Um, It'd be pretty funny. I mean, the Kyler Murray thing, like you said, is just it's not worth talking about. I don't know anyone who thinks, or I don't think anyone who has been coming out and saying anything about that topic really knows anything. I think this is just a major smokescreen and trying to see, you know, what the market says. I don't think there's any way that they trade Josh Rosen. I mean, we saw this. We, first off, you see this all the time in every single sport. We just saw this in the MLB, but the beginning of the offseason, Patrick Corbin was destined for the Yankees. We basically already fucking signed. Don't even question it. Sign with the Nationals. I mean, same thing with Machado to the Yankees. Sign with the Padres. Everyone was going to say that Harper was going to go to the Cubs or to the Dodgers. And like, oh, you had Rodgers saying that, oh, the fact that the Dodgers traded Puig and Wood and all that, it was just surefire signaling that they're going to sign Harper. And then he goes to fucking Philadelphia. I mean, I think to some extent I get why writers do it because it's like a fun mental exercise, you know, like, all right, let's take assumption A and then work out what would need to happen to make that happen, you know? Let's work out the assumption that the Cardinals are going to trade Josh Rosen, and now let's play the mental game of what would it take to actually put that trade together with these teams? And that does sound like fun. We've done it. Oh, f- yeah, sure. It's In one our of personal my favorite lives, things that we yeah. do, yeah. And we, I'm sure we'll end up doing it when trade deadlines approach because we haven't actually been doing this show during a trade deadline yet. Um, but, I mean, the I mean, NHL one. Yeah, no. yeah but we, we didn't want to talk about the NHL too much. But. Sorry, guys. But on the other hand, I mean, they talk about some... The, the, if they talked about it like it was just a mental exercise, that would be one thing, but they talk about it like it's fact. You know, they talk about, like, the Cardinals are definitely trading Josh Rosen. And then they'll go into whatever they think is, is right. And and that's where I think it's it's pretty fucking annoying. Because you also get spammed with notifications during that. It's like, I don't want to be getting 10,000 notifications over the next few months about random ass speculation from you. You know? I just don't see why the Cardinals would be trading a former top 10 pick a year after he suffered behind the worst offensive line in football, 
had two different offensive two coordinators. different offensive coordinators. His only real option was a 36-year-old wide receiver. I mean, granted, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Of course, no doubt. Still 36 years old. No real secondary options outside of his running back. Um, yeah, he had a bad year. But at the same time, look at the crucifix we put Jared Goff on after his first year. It's also weird to me because you'd think that Cardinals' ownership, which... All I have to really go on them is um, when they were on the first season of All or Nothing on Amazon. Great series. Just saying. Fantastic series. Um, they seem like they're really good people. Like They yeah. seem like they'd be the kind of people who would be like, during the interview process for a yeah. new head coach, be like, are you willing to work with Josh Rosen? You know, it does. It seems weird. That's the part that always fucks me up is that it seems weird that the Cardinals would hire a guy who wants to get rid of the quarterback they just fucking drafted. That's what seems weird. Unless unless they had a conversation with Cliff Kingsbury during the interview process where they said, are you okay with keeping Josh Rosen? And he said, no, and here's why. And that seems like, it's all of it seems weird. But then why would you hire that guy? Unless, unless he convinced them that Josh Rosen isn't worth keeping, but then it's why, why what's Kyler the... Murray? He Dude, that, that's what I'm saying. So like the big thing that I've seen is like, oh, but Kyler Murray fits his system better because that's what Pat Mahomes ran when he was there playing for Cliff Kingsbury. Except none of like the six other quarterbacks Cliff Kingsbury has ever had at Texas Tech were running threat. Like I saw something where like combined they had like just over a hundred rushing contempts attempts in their careers. Like, he doesn't fit his system just because he can run. That's not his system. Everything around the whole conversation seems just plain off. Now, I'm not saying that they won't trade Josh Rosen, because I guess in life anything can happen. Yeah. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks traded up for a kicker. Like, in anything, the second round. Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, I should say, in the second round. Anything can happen, especially in the NFL. But what I also saying is that would be fucking bizarre. And I don't get why they would. I just want to point out, I really wish we had the podcast going when the Bucks made that pick. Because oh. there should have been an entire episode devoted <sighs> to how insane of a trade that was to get a fucking kicker in the second round. Is Aguayo still in the league? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Oh man, it's just all the kinds Bears of just fuck. replaced him with a guy named Blewett. Yeah, he was um the Pittsburgh kicker. Yeah, University of Pitt. Yeah, the only reason I know that is because I think you've made fun of him before. I while made I've been fun of him, of him extensively yeah. while watching that game. Um, what about the uh, Dwayne Haskins? Yes. How did he do at the combine? Because I've I've heard talk that the Giants really like him and they might trade up for him. Thank you for asking, Josh. He did excellent. Okay. Um, he tested very well. Uh, did not have a fast 40 time, but as a quarterback, who the fuck yeah, cares? Who gives a shit? I mean, only Stephen A. Smith thinks that Dwayne Haskins is a running threat. Um, but, I mean, throwing, he showed great mechanics. He showed good accuracy with receivers that he has absolutely no history with. Um, he did everything you wanted him to show. He did everything he wanted him to show. Yep, that's a good sentence. So do you do you think that he's a guy that's worth the Giants possibly trading up for? I would say Dwayne Haskins is worth the first overall pick. Kyler Murray is not. 
Yeah, I think Kyler Murray's getting first overall pick hype just because of the story of him leaving uh, the Oakland A's. I really think that there's already yeah. a media buzz around him, and he seems like a personable dude. Um, well, I mean, I should I should say he seems like a a nice guy. Yeah, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't seem like a dick. He Heisman seem, Trophy winner. Yeah, I mean he's got plenty of accolades around him. Whereas, right. I mean, I only know Dwayne Haskins because I've heard that the Giants really like him, and that he's supposedly a good quarterback. Whereas Kyler Murray is like he's got a story built into him, you know. Especially because a bunch of writers were saying, like, if he gets drafted first overall, he already beat the money. That right. he would have given up from the Oakland A's. I feel like they, I feel like they're trying to just will it into existence, you know. Um, but it, it, uh, this isn't has nothing to do with the combine. But I mean, what at would the you, same um, time, it's you know. Oh, no, my next question. I meant. Okay. Um, who do you think the Giants would trade with? The Jets. Yeah. Yeah. I um, hope so. Of the f- top two picks, I think Arizona. <sighs> Arizona is either going to take Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, or Quinn Williams. Regardless of what happens there, I think the 49ers are going to take Nick Bosa if they can. Right. Um, or, you know, the next best edge rusher like Josh Allen, Brian Burns. The Jets are in a situation where they have a top three pick, but there's really nobody at three that they really need at three if you know what i mean like yeah they very I easily know. should dra- like trade back acquire more picks fill out their roster a little more and thankfully there's more than one quarterback that allows them to build up that value for the th- third pick trade out of it and you know hopefully the giants come in and take a quarterback if the giants don't take a quarterback Honestly, I think that fan base is going to mutiny. I mean, I don't like Gettleman as a GM and haven't at any point. I don't know why the Giants hired him. I've been railing against him since he got hired. And he's proven me, wholesome little me, uh, correct just from this Landon Collins situation, which I think is the stupidest thing in the world. I don't get what he's doing. A 25-year-old... Three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, which is the one thing that matters, that could have been retained for $11.125 million, and they release him. And even if the... And everyone's saying, like, oh, but he's bad in coverage, he's not worth $11 million. But it's like, you've you've been seeing him play for five years now, right? Yeah. uh, Four years? Four years. Four years. Then why didn't you trade him at the deadline like you did Apple and Snacks and get something back instead of letting him walk for nothing? They could have gotten serious capital for Landon Collins. I know th- th- he was the best of those three players by far. That's the thing that is blowing my mind. That I'm so fucking mad at Gettleman for is that either, either he doesn't believe in Landon Collins and. Basically, he, he, it was either sign him for eleven point five. He doesn't believe he's worth eleven point five million dollars. Not even eleven point five. Eleven point one. Yeah, two five. Right. Exactly. Four hundred thousand dollars less than that. Either he doesn't believe he's worth that. So why pay him? Or he thinks he's worth more than that. So why give him a con? Like I, I don't get. And then if you didn't want to pay him, like you think he's talented, but you just didn't want to pay him, why didn't you trade him? They got they got something back for Eli fucking Apple. 
They couldn't get something back for their three-time Pro Bowl, one-time All-Pro, like damn near face of the defensive side of the ball, Landon Collins, and now they're talking about trading Odell Beckham. Jesus, what the fuck? Like, this guy turned 25 less than two months ago. He could easily put together another eight-year career. There's no reason for them to get rid of this player. I, I, I Being bad in coverage, man, that's something you can improve upon anyway. He's a strong safety. He doesn't need to be good in coverage. I know, but I'm saying, like, if, if that's... You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm saying, like, if that's even your reasoning. Like, dude, you can get better at it. Darren Lee got better at it, and Darren Lee is significantly worse of a player than Landon Collins. I, I, I just don't get it. He's going to sign somewhere. He's going to be <laughs> phenomenal, and the Giants are going to be like, I hope he signs with a division fucking rival, and I hate everybody else in, in the um, in the NFC East. I hope he desi- signs with a division fucking rival just to fuck with the Giants, because that's so fucking stupid. I could see the Cowboys putting a serious offer out for him. Why not? He's, it fills a need for them. Um, I don't think the Eagles have the money to sign him. I'm not him. sure the Redskins have the money either. Yeah. Redskins are in a weird position where they have nothing going for them. And probably won't for the foreseeable future until Alex Smith comes off the books. <laughs> it's They're in a bad spot. You know, their ownership paying- is the worst in... Possibly any sport. Um, ah, Melnick. Eugene Melnick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I have any more questions specific to the combine. Um, okay, okay. I mean, we could just talk about a little NFL news, like about what's been going on lately, if you want. Like, yeah, we sure. Have been doing. Oh fuck. Oh, okay. Never Josh mind. just had a heart attack. Uh, yeah. Share with me some news. What do you got? Well, I don't have any news in front of me. I gotta search for some. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck's been going on? Let's go to uh, Roto World. They know what's up. NFL headlines. Oh, apparently, Dominique Rogers Gomardi's thinking about coming back. Dominique Rogers, that'd be pretty good. He's only thirty-two. I thought he was way older. Yeah. Uh, Case Keenum just got traded to oh, the Washington yeah. Redskins. We talked about this before we started recording. Yeah. Um. Makes sense. I. For the Redskins, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it still proves that John Elway has no idea what he's doing. Well, you know, they needed to get rid of him regardless. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like they did because of all the other things Elway constantly fucking does. Well, yes, that is true. Like they shouldn't have picked him up in the first place, and then they go off and trade for Flacco, and now they have two quarterbacks that are expensive and they don't need, and so they have to trade. Like, mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do to trade him away, given all the other things that Elway did. But Elway still fucked up by putting him in the position to have to do that in the first place. Yeah. He's such a bad team. I mean, they didn't get anything back from it. No, they swapped late round picks. It, right, was, it like, was just to get him off the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes total honestly, sense for the Skins. Honestly, the fact that they didn't have to pay to get a $20 million player off their roster, they came out ahead. I mean, this is a genuine win-win for both teams. Yeah. Um, Antonio Brown... Still a fuckboy. Still with that blonde mustache. Oh, God. Uh, Tomorrow is the self-imposed deadline for the Steelers for them to listen to actual offers about what teams want for him. Apparently, there's still three or four teams in the mix. I have no expectations, and I'm sure I will still be disappointed. 
I heard that the Browns put out an offer for OBJ from the Giants. And then got laughed at. Um, I actually heard a second offer was issued just on the radio today that was like um, a right, or maybe it was what the Giants were asking from the the, the uh, Browns. It was like a right guard, their first round pick, and either a third thing or just taking all of his contract. Well, it was like a lot though. The Browns offer was right guard Kevin Zeitler, who is a former All-Pro. Uh, defensive end Emmanuel Agba, which is a very good player. Um, not quite a Pro Bowl level, but still above average defensive end edge rusher. Um, and then a third unnamed player. I didn't see what the uh, counter offer was or if there was, but just saying, like, one of these hypotheticals, like, what ifs that we were talking about earlier, if the Giants made this trade, or in fact any trade to get rid of Odell Beckham Jr., this is the most insane franchise in sports. I don't get what they're doing. I don't. Under- this would be worse than anything. Well, no. Anything Melnick has done is still probably worse than this. Melnick traded Carlson. Doesn't get much worse than that. And Stone and Zingle and Duchesne. Yeah. Traded for Duchesne. And then, and then traded, traded, traded away, away Duchesne. Yeah. But the thing is, like, next season, Eli Manning comes off the books. So you can't even blame that big contract anymore. Uh, you you you've given Landon Collins to the ether that is NFL franchises, so you don't have to worry about paying him anymore. So the only big contracts you have left are Olivier Vernon, um, Odell Beckham, and Nate Solder. Right? Is there anyone else that's really making money on that team? Not currently. So then you don't really have to shed payroll. You could probably trade Nate Solder. Um, if you have to retain some of that salary, wait, can you do salary retention in the NFL? I always forget. Yes. Okay. Then you're going to have to retain some of that salary, but you could probably still get them off your team if you want to ship. But why trade? And it's, it's the Jenkins same- actually has a pretty decent, uh, size cap hit. That makes sense. I forgot about him. And but they, why, why did trade? They cut, the f- did they cut Alec Ogletree yet? Oh no, they have that contract too. Okay. But you can get rid of, my thing is, I know you want to shed payroll. If you're going to start tearing it down, if they trade OBJ, they're obviously tearing it down. Mm-hmm. But, dude, you got to give the fans something. Like, you don't need to shed payroll down to all rookie contracts. That's fucking insane. Absolutely insane. Because then, would you hit the um, salary floor? I don't think you would. Um, if they got rid of those top, let's say, five contracts that they would be getting rid of, I don't think they would so if you got to pay somebody is paying Ob- how long is obj's contract for um five years i don't know i'm looking it up now uh it goes till 2030 2023 all right so yeah so it was five years because we think it was spring uh spring training jesus last otas year. of last season yeah. yeah i mean you're gonna tell me you really can't deal with having one of the top five wide receivers in the league for maybe a little bit too much money for four seasons. Because oh, what are you looking at no. anyway? You're going to need to draft a quarterback. Who yeah. you, who's he going to throw the fucking ball to? We just saw what Josh Rosen went through. You right. want to give him that shit? It's, I just don't know. What do they what, want? I would love to just understand. Just come out and tell us what your plan is. Like Exactly. So like, like, I like, spend so sorry. much of my time managing fantasy football. <laughs> And the number one rule is don't tread water, at least for Dynasty. Right. You either rebuild 
or you contend, there's no in-between. The Giants have been treading water for years, ever since they won their last Super Bowl. Oh, very much so. I just I don't know what their plan is, or if they even have one. It's it's like they came in uh, with the Gettleman hiring, like, all right, we need to find a guy who's willing to go all in and try to win now. And the Gettleman was like, yes, yes, I'll do that, Mister <laughs> Mister Mara. Oh um, my god, huh? That was awful. Thank you. Uh, and. And and then they tried it. They dished out a big contract to OBJ. They dished out a big contract to Nate Solder. They traded for Alex Ogletree. And it fell to shit. It absolutely fell to shit. And then and which is fine. The the going all in four more season, like it was clearly the wrong thing to do, not even in hindsight at the time. But like, whatever. You know, you were a new GM, you're a new head coach, you gotta do what ownership tells you to, at least at the beginning to keep your fucking job. It's like once they went one and seven, though, that's the point at which this this current administration of the New York Giants just fell to shit because they traded snacks and they traded Apple and then they didn't trade Landon Collins. They waited to cut him for no reason um, to save no money. They didn't draft a quarterback. They drafted a running back. So they were still with the all in mode. But now they've got nothing projected going forward. They cut their backup quarterback that everyone thought could be a guy in um not Loretto, uh, Davis Webb, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and now they're just in absolute. They're in almost as bad of a situation as the Redskins, and the only reason the Redskins are really in a bad situation is because Alex Smith broke his fucking leg. Yeah, honestly, if Eli Manning broke his leg, and they had a genuine reason to forcibly cut him, they'd be in a significantly better spot. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't get what the fuck they're going for. It feels weird that the Jets currently have a brighter future than the Giants because that's never been the case in my entire life. I really wish Ethan was here so we could make fun of him. I mean, he must be hurting. I feel bad for Pete because Pete has a Manning, an Odell Beckham, and a Landon Collins jersey. Does he really? He has all three of those jerseys. Damn. Like he texted me yesterday. At least Eli did something with the Giants. I know, but like that's but that my I'm using my my buddy Pete who I visited out in L.A. Shout out Pedro. Um, as like he's like the microcosm of of, of Giants fan Pete's bases not right Spanish, now. So I just want to point that out. Pete is not Spanish. He is uh he's he's, he's half Irish, half Jewish. Um, <laughs> just like myself, but. Like he's a microcosm of Giants fandom. Those are three players that this team that those the fan base cares a lot about, and the Giants are just bending them over a barrel and showing them complete disrespect. I mean, Odell and Landon Collins were the cores that they were supposed to build their offense and defense around, and, and now they they're not. getting rid of supposedly both. I don't, yeah, it makes no fucking supposedly. sense. No fucking sense. Arizona, what they're doing makes no fucking sense. Well, I just, I just. On. Don't I just don't get it. You know man. what? We're getting all upset about this stuff. I guarantee you, none of this stuff even happens. Nothing's gonna happen. I often wonder how much of um, news stories are like teams putting feelers out there for like, what if we did this? Like, would people react well? I mean, if Ooh, I, no, no, no. Let's stop. If I was a GM, I'd pull stuff like that all the time. I'd be like, if I was the GM of like the Cowboys, I would just be like, all right, we're gonna trade. Ezekiel Elliott for Chris Boswell, kicker from the Steelers. And just tweet that out and just see the backlash and just be like, 
Okay, I guess I won't. It's basically just, just Twitch Fuck is it. the GM of the oh Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God. Now. Twitch does GM. That would be phenomenal. It's basically what it would be. Yeah. Uh, all right. One last story I do want to talk about that's very minor but just insane. Go ahead. Baltimore Ravens last year in the draft spent a first and a third round pick on tight ends and then just today signed their third string tight end to a three-year $18 million contract. Okay. I just don't understand what their obsession is with tight ends. Maybe the additional blocking so that they could have um, Jackson be more mobile? But do you need three of them all getting paid significant money? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to make sense of it, man. I guess I, the way I would justify it, and I don't know anything about scheming for football, so don't trust me, but the way I would justify it to somebody is these are three guys who can pass protect and also catch, and Lamar Jackson is a good guy on his feet and okay-ish with his hands, so giving him short routes with additional blocking is good. I don't think that makes sense, but that's how I would sell it. I mean, it... So I just looked up the tight end contracts in the NFL. Their sure. third string tight end is now the top in the top fifteen in all of the NFL. Oh, like Ooh. I just don't get it. Like you have two guys on rookie contracts, two two guys on rookie contracts. One of which you spent a first round pick on. Who is that, by the way? Uh, Hayden Hurst. I don't know who that is. Uh, he came out of. His mother. Uh, South Carolina last year. And they also have Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma that they drafted in the third round. Again, significant draft capital spent on these two guys. And then you just made your third stringer a top 15 player, top paid player in the NFL. Yeah, no, I don't get that at all. You know what? Fuck the Ravens. That's all that, all that needs to be said. What do you think is going to happen with Eric Weddle? Uh, I heard that the reason they cut him is that he's thinking about retiring. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. He How is old is he? Like thirty-four. Oh, dude, I keep picturing him as thirty-one. I don't know why I keep picturing him as younger than he is. He's ageless. He's thirty-four. Yeah, just turned thirty-four in January. Um, he How was a guy I really hole? wanted the Steelers to sign back in the day. Uh, I wish they did, but I just don't think a thirty-four-year-old tight end is going to get the kind of money that would deem staying in the NFL unless he is just absolutely set on continuing his career. Antonio Gates, basically. Right. Antonio Gates came back because he thought the Chargers were primed for a big playoff push this season. He was right, and they fucked it up, but he was right. Yeah. What could have been? Oh, um, last question, and then we can just wrap it up. It'll be a little short one. What do you think? Do you think Gronk's going to actually retire this season? I know he talked about it last season and it seemed like he had to get really convinced in coming back. Um, one season older and he just won the Super Bowl? Do you think he comes back? I would say that it's more likely than not, but I would genuinely put it at like 55-45. It, okay. I was going to say 51-49. Like I'm really I'm, – yeah. I'm, I'm just like it's, barely thinking he comes back. It's not something I would put money on. Like there's just no – like. 
I don't want to say there's no reason for him to come back, but he has everything. I think he there's could no reason for him want. to come back at this point. He made he he made good money. He won a bunch of, of championships. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, whole career with one team. I mean, one of the, the really the faces of this dynasty this, in the latter half. I mean, the guy's got nothing left to accomplish other than I guess some accumulation uh, to to really distance himself in the records he set. But I don't. Also, I don't want to watch him play anymore. I'm really fucking sick of it as a Jets fan. Fuck yourself. You know what? I agree with you. <laughs> I'm really sick. As a Steelers fan of watching him just absolutely demolish our defense. I, mean, I had a great time watching Jamal Adams manhandle him. Because Jamal Adams did a great yeah. job of handling him last season. And that was fun. But I still don't want him to be on the field <laughs> anymore. You know, even Please if he did a good job playing against him, you'd rather him not be there at all. Yeah, I appreciate how good Chris Sale is on the Red Sox. That doesn't mean I ever want to see him pitch against the Yankees. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> you know? Oh, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? I'm all set. All right, then uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. It's JuicingPod. If you want to reach us out to us via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, check out our website as the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website. Choosing the numbers.wixsite.com slash website. Take care.